Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything, everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode with you. I'm really excited about this one. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about three picks we think are our most underrated anime. And as always, spoilers ahead. Yeah, so for our most underrated anime, we're kind of just going to go through and talk about the ones that we think should have been more popular but aren't popular, or some that we think just kind of don't live up to, or that live, they exceed the hype that is currently generated about them. Because some of these anime we're going to talk about are fantastic, but they're not very hyped up no one's excited about them no one talks about them they're just not in public eye like some of the more popular anime today so we just want to give some of them some love and kind of convince some of you guys maybe to watch them so starting off with our list mine is otaku ni koi wa muzukashi or in the english translation otakoi love is hard for atu what Otakoi. Love is hard for an Aku. So the main character is Narumi. It, she is an office working woman who hides her Fujoshi, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly or close to it, lifestyle, which if you don't know, that means she is a huge fan of boy love or guy on guy, however you want to depict it off of doji. Jo- doujins or doshis? I don't know what the plural is. And Hirotaka, a handsome and capable company man who is a game Aku. And they seem like they would be the perfect match, but like the story kind of goes, love is difficult for an Aku. Otaku. And use Otaku. I don't know why I keep pronouncing that wrong. And so kind of the premise going off a little more the synopsis is they actually knew each other back in like middle school so they're kind of like childhood friends and they uh narumi ends up getting a new office job and they kind of just meet by chance and after having a drink with her reunited friend hirotaka they well they kind of start dating almost right there almost as a joke, I would kind of say. They kind of like were jokingly doing it, but Taka was serious. And Narumi was kind of talking to him, having like a, this little confession about how she's kind of dated people. She's hidden this side. And every time her boyfriend she's currently dating finds out this side, they always break up. So he's like, well, why don't you try dating me then? Because... She also plays games, and he goes, well, if you need anyone to ever grind games with you, I'm always here. Basically, I'm an otaku as well, so we would be, like, the perfect match. And that's kind of the premise of why they started dating. Over the course of the season, because it's only one season long, and it's 13 episodes, correct? 11. Oh, it's only 11? Wow. Yeah, I was super depressed when I found that out. Yeah. So, it's a short little anime, but... It's one of it's. It, 
I like it. It's a very relaxing anime, and there's not much in the drama department, but it's still refreshing to watch for me, because a lot of people, when they see, like, kind of like this love story, there's, like, a lot of drama, and don't get me wrong, there are types of animes that had this drama and are really good with it, but this one, you don't really get that too much. Yeah, they have, like, ups and downs and little hiccups here and there, but there's nothing, like, I would say too major that goes on in the relationships and it's just a little refreshing to kind of see it's exactly what the title is it's kind of like these two otakus that are trying to balance work and their hobbies and then have a relationship and at first it seems kind of awkward because it it looks like they're just friends they literally hang out kind of just like they're friends like almost like they're not really in a relationship and over the course of the 11 episodes it kind of shows you what it's like to actually be in a relationship with an otaku, like two otakus. And I think also the supporting cast, which I am drawing a blank on their names. I feel so bad because I, I love them. But they're already a couple and they're both otakus in their own sense where the guy is more of an anime manga. He's not too into games. He does like games, but nowhere near as serious as the main character. And then the girl is more into cosplay in anime. She's not really into games at all. There's actually an episode where you kind of notice that where they all get depressed over something. And she's like, wait, what? I don't get it. What's going on? And it's just kind of refreshing there because they're almost always arguing with each other. But they still have deep feelings for each other. And it's just very refreshing. And another reason I kind of like it is it's kind of relatable since I myself am pretty huge into anime and gaming, hence why we started this podcast. But it's kind of nice to see actual like adults portrayed in anime now. I think because I'm starting to get older, it's more seeing like actual adults now and then just like your typical high school students you see in most animes. So those are a couple of reasons why I like it. And what I think it wasn't as popular is kind of how I stated earlier about there's not a lot of drama. So the reason why like soap operas and other shows are very popular and keep you going for like seasons and seasons is because of the drama. The of like backstabbing, lying, all this stuff. But there's really none of that in this. Like I said, it's very realistic on how a relationship would go between these types of people. And I think because of that, that would turn off a lot of people because they think, oh, it might be too boring to watch. Maybe if you're not into the culture or like if you're just a casual fan of anime, you might not understand a lot of the references. Well, not necessarily references, but like kind of like the struggles they go through with trying to keep their work, hobby, and a relationship all together. So I can easily see that as a turn off. Another one is there's not action sequences in this. With like my hero and superhero movies being popular right now, that has been in the past like 10 years since the Marvel's cinema started, it kind of grew with the anime as well scene. So this came out in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So right when like superhero and all this stuff kind of rose to popularity, romance really wasn't. Because this is straight like a rom-com. Yeah, and along with the popularity, shonen anime and manga kind of have a formula. They have a set formula that they follow, and it's action, 
and a main character under like like that um a main the character whole that basically is weak and they overcome all obstacles and become really strong and this doesn't follow that formula i mean i don't know if it was it's just most rom like you said it's a rom-com so it doesn't really have that that flair and pizzazz that these showy animes have and I think that's partial reason why is a lot of people early on think like anime is for kids, that whole stigma. If any of you guys watch anime, I guarantee you you've heard that sign before. But because now it's more accepting, especially with like the internet now, like there are people, I'm 25 and I'm into anime and gaming still. What a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and I will probably still be into at least gaming and anime probably for at least another who knows how long gaming probably all my life but i think now with the scene starting to turn that if this came out a little later this would get more popularity i think it kind of like i said it kind of came out in a time where a lot of people only watch like this shonen or the very actiony drama thing where this is a rom-com and i think it actually is targeted for the older audience and that's kind of why it flew under the radar if you like rom-coms you kind of want to more funny relaxing romance i highly suggest this it is a very good anime and i i would easily it has a rewatch of playability whatever you want to call it yeah so a few things i want to say about this anime i started this two days ago in reference to when we're recording this episode and i had no idea who's going to put this one on his list I am in love with this anime, like, so much. It's, I'm only six episodes in, I think. Oh, my gosh. And you fall in love with Narumi and, like, this relationship that they have. It's, like you said, it started out as a joke, and it became, like, this very pure thing. And it's absolutely enticing to watch, especially with the supporting cast of Hanako the girl that you were talking about and uh, Kabakura, which is the um, guy she's dating. And I find the show so enjoyable, mainly because it's not like other shows where you have this very hard conflict or really depressing scenes that you're just like, damn, like that got me in a funk. This is just pure happiness and joy, at least from what I've seen so far. I haven't experienced any of the heartbreak in most so I didn't really think I would like Slice of Lives until I started Fruits Basket, which is a fantastic one, which I'm not going to talk about because it's actually really popular. But it just gives you this little, like this specific one shows you a real perspective. Like I, after starting this show, I went into work and I'm like, damn, I'm really like them because they always try. Well, Narumi hides her otakuness, so she doesn't want people to know that she likes games or likes anime and stuff like that. She hides it from the world. And I'm just like, damn, I'm exactly like that. I'm just a normal guy at work who who likes to do normal guy things. But then when I'm at <laughs> home, I'm like, anime, video games, like super intense. So I relate to this on a, a very high level. And the animation is gorgeous. And that intro song oh my is God, fire. Yes. So good. I love I, the intro sequence, too, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, the sequence is amazing. Just I don't the animation in it it's just all fantastic. Can't get enough of this. I'm going to be really upset when I finish it, which will probably be in like one more day. 
I'm really glad you chose this one. It really because, is good, and oh. kind of like you said, I hide it too, but I'm I don't hide it that much to where if someone asks me about it, I'll be like, yeah, I'm into anime or yeah, I'm into gaming. It's more of a don't ask, don't tell for me. Where if you don't say anything about gaming and or anime, I won't talk about it. But the second you say it, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once someone like. I've been opening up more about it at work. Once people start talking about it, I'm just like, all right, fine, fuck it. I don't really care about my coworkers anyway. So that's how it is. But yeah, this one just relates. I relate to it on such a high level, and it's just, it's just fantastic. Can't get enough of it. So out of the list so far, this is my number one choice. <laughs> <laughs> out of the one we've gone over. So, all right. So, moving on to one from my list is D. Grayman. Actually, hold on. I'm going to go back. Um, Otakoi uh, is actually, it was, I guess, pretty popular as a manga. I think I read somewhere that they sold over 9 million copies so far, which is pretty impressive. Um, I just don't think the anime got as popular as intended, or maybe it did, but they're just, um, like, in Japan. I, I was know. about to say, a lot of things could be popular in Japan that don't transfer well in yeah. the United States. And this could have been one, because I know, at least for me, along with the anime friends I have, nobody talks about this one. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with all my choices. Nobody that I know really talks about any of these, besides maybe one of them. But D. Greyman is not one of them, which is actually also a super, super popular manga and anime in Japan. Uh, D. Greyman was a top seller in Shonen Jump for many of their volumes, but they've slowed down immensely because I believe the mangaka is going through health issues. So she's only releasing like one volume every like three months. So it definitely lost a lot of traction. But for those of you who don't know about D gray man, it's a show that takes place in the 19th century. And there's this mysterious DD like figure called the millennium Earl. His sole purpose is to convert dead spirits into demons called Akuma. And these Akuma are weapons that will lead to the end of humanity. Only people that are capable of stopping the Millennium Earl are the exorcists, who are humans that have been chosen by a higher power, and they wield ancient holy artifacts called innocence. And this innocence is scattered throughout the world, and they kind of have to find it and find the exorcist that can link to it and it'll grant you like a special ability similar to i don't know just like it's kind of like just a weapon that only you can use so some of the things i really enjoyed about this anime is the character development of the main character alan walker he is one of the biggest things i love about the show he's just kind of this quirky little naive kid in the beginning who thinks he knows what it takes to be an exorcist. But after he arrives at the Black Order, which is the headquarters for exorcists, he quickly learns that he is very incompetent. He's, he's a kid. He's very young, so he's going to be incompetent. But they send him on these journeys with experienced exorcists and teach him the ropes, and he travels the world hunting innocents and killing Akuma, and he becomes stronger. And throughout this journey, you're seeing him grow and become... A very competent exorcist and it starts to hint at that he's special i mean obviously it's a shonen jump anime he's gonna be special in some way like the chosen one so you start to 
reveal secrets about Alan Walker, and then you also see the plans of the Millennium Earl, as well as his role with Alan Walker and the links they have. Very interesting. I mean, it's, it's nothing super special in the algorithm of Shonen Jump, but most Shonen Jump are not very unique. I just feel the way they did the story and everything, the story itself, I feel, is sort of unique. Obviously, the, the point from A to B is not. But just overall, the story and the character development is fantastic. I will say, this is one I have on my list that you told me that I haven't seen it yet, but I do want mm-hmm. to. So, and I've always been a fan of like fantasy or the medieval times or whatever. So, like mm-hmm. with it being in the 19th century and stuff, I really need to start watching and get this one higher up <laughs> on my list. Yeah, and this one's hard to recommend just because it's not the prettiest when it comes to animation. Is this an older um, one? Like an older I anime? I honestly don't know when it came out. Hold on. Because by how you, like, kind of describing it, it feels like it's yeah. one of those older anime with the... Because you could tell an older anime by, like, distinctive art style. Oh, and yeah. I know sometimes that hurts people off as well. So it's 2006. Oh, so it's not that old. No, it's not too old, but you can definitely tell. So it's not the prettiest, except when you reach Deep Gray Man Hollow, which is kind of like their second season. They didn't really segment it by seasons. But um, the regular D. Gray Man is like 100 episodes. And then D. Gray Man Hollow is 12 because they caught up to the manga material. And then they started going off course and skipping along and jumping through. And the manga uh. was really upset with it. So she kind of like chopped it at there. But um, yeah, the animation's not the prettiest. But the manga, I know we're talking about anime here, but the manga is gorgeous. Like, the way it's drawn and animated, or, like, drawn out, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, And I think, like I said earlier, the reason why this isn't as popular as it should be is because the pace in the beginning of the show is a little slow. I was very upset with how slow it was. But then as it gets going, it's just like a snowball. It's just one thing after another just keeps happening. And you're like, holy shit. Like, things just amp up quick. And like the the conflicts that occur after it starts picking up as intense, you start to learn about the Noah family, which is the main antagonist that is like the group underneath the Millennium Earl, and how they're about here to bring about destruction and help accelerate his plans. It just starts fleshing together so well, and you can't help but want more. And then as soon as you are like, "Holy shit, it's about to be the most amazing thing ever," Hollow comes and they just kind of chop it up at the end. But they did have a satisfying conclusion, a semi-satisfying conclusion at the end of just the regular D. Gray Man, to a point to where I'm not upset that where it ended, but I am upset that there's not more to watch. <laughs> if that makes sense. It almost sounds like a, a Full Metal Alchemist type deal. Yeah. It was kind of slow at first, and then once it picks up, and all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, like, all this stuff is going around, and then... Also, the same thing with the manga between Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's definitely how it is for this. The Degree Man Hollow follows the manga, but it just jumps a lot, and they condense everything super quick, mainly because 
I think it was some money grab at that point because the mangaka was like, hey, I want more material before we start the next one. And they're like, nope, we're just going to chug along. So very upsetting. I'm probably not giving a good argument for D. Gray Man, but I absolutely recommend it to people. And I love this show. I even bought a lot of the manga because I liked it so much. I'm looking at, I just did a quick Google search of D. Gray Man. I can tell what you mean by the art style, but the, like, the art style is not that old. Like, you could tell it's not part of the newer gen anime, mm-hmm. but I think people who have been in, have watched anime for, like, five or so years, like, have been into it. I mean, I, yeah, I've been, I guess I've been five years now. I think if you've been in anime a, a couple of years, you, the anime style doesn't look like it would be that much of a turnoff. Well, some of these pictures are from uh, Hollow. Oh. Uh, it's just a little grainy at times. It almost looks like... Okay. Yeah, I typed in the main character to see some... I could see what you mean. Yeah, it's just a little weird. But once it gets to Hollow, the animation is gorgeous. I think some people from what I read online, didn't enjoy the animation of D. Grimman Hollow, but it was so clean and crisp, I really liked it. I love this anime. It's probably not for everyone, but I highly recommend it to a lot of people. Next on my list is a little anime called Spice and Wolf. And just for just for reaction's sake, Joshua, do you mind typing that in? And I want to. what is your reaction to that? So you're a furry now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a quite an interesting one yeah. you got here. So oh my. just keep that reaction in mind once I get a little further down. So Spice and Wolf revolves around a peddler named Kraft Lawrence, who is 25 years old, and his goal is to own his own store. So this is kind of back during, like, I guess I would say like the medieval times, like 13th, 14th century, whatever. It's like society has evolved to a certain extent. So it's not like they don't, there's like public bathhouses and stuff like that, but there's no cars or anything like that. They're still in horse and carriages and he's a traveling. I swear I'm, I'm scroll, I'm scrolling and I swear it just gets worse. (laughs) He's a traveling merchant, and like I said, his goal is to own, save enough money to own an actual store. That's kind of like the whole all, all goal for traveling merchants is to finally settle down in this city and create their own shop. So as he's going, he ends up in the town of Pasloy, and he finds his wagon has an unexpected guest, and it becomes a wolf deity known as Hollow who is over 600 years old, but because it's anime, she takes the form of a 15-year-old girl. Except for her wolf tail and ears that never seems to go away. We find out that she is actually this town's like guardian deity, or however you want to call it, and has always blessed... She made a deal with the farmers that she will bless their soil for good harvest for many years, But every so often, she has to reduce one harvest so the soil can replenish. And many people have forgotten that. 
or they've come up with new techniques or new things have arise that they can maintain good harvest almost all year round without having the need for her and her blessing. So because of this, she ends up hijacking, so to speak, this carriage of Craft Lawrence and she's asking her to go back to her homeland called Yotsu, I believe it's pronounced. And because she believes the people have already forsaken her, forgotten her. So she wants to go back to her homeland. And because she's like, well, I'm no longer needed here. I can go wherever I want. So it's the story of them traveling while he's being a merchant and all that stuff. So the reason why I like it is it honestly... Because yes, you're a furry. No. <laughs> is when you watch it, it actually gives you so much information of how like the market works, how peddling worked back in the old days, how everything was transported horse and carriages, how they were... So when you sell goods, you think, oh, I'm going to get money and then I'm going to buy some stuff in the next town to sell. No, you don't always want to carry money on you in case there's highway bandits. So what you need to do is you need to buy stuff there. You need to buy goods there at hopefully a lower rate that you can sell at the whatever town you're going to at a higher rate. And so basically all your money is not in coins. It's in goods. So your whole fortune is in goods. So you better make sure you made a good deal at this town because it takes days to get to the other town. So you don't want to hold on to that gold. Because you don't want to get robbed because no one's going to rob someone. Well, that's their mindset is no one's going to rob someone if it's like full of like fruits or leather or stuff like that. People are less likely to rob you than if you're holding a sack full of coins. And obviously for me, as a huge fantasy lover, I was already intrigued with it because it has that fantasy-like setting. And you kind of delve more into Hollow's background of her like god deity and how the townspeople slowly started forgetting about her. Kind of makes you wonder with like a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff back in ancient times. Like of how all this stuff got built. Like what if there was actually gods and goddesses around there. But because technology kept advancing and we didn't really need their help anymore. We slowly started forgetting about them. So their power started going away or the influence started to go away. Kind of like makes you think like what could have happened so to speak. And I think that's always intrigues me is just kind of thinking about that. Next is the whole relationship between Lawrence and Hollow. And because it's not, they don't have really a romantic relationship contrary to what the pictures show. They have more, they start out almost like business partners. They're not really cold because Hollow is always kind of this playful little wolf that's always trying, because she is so much older even though she looks younger she is like oh i'm wise like think of all that like she has this wisdom to part on lawrence who doesn't think she because of her looks doesn't think she is actually older than him so she's always trying to like outwit him and stuff but a lot of times lawrence is the one that outwits her and then she also has this like because she was guarding dt no one everyone stopped praying to her whatever so she's kind of been lonely so having someone to like playful with and they kind of grow closer as the journey goes on you can kind of decide whether you wanted to 
think it's like romantic or whatever. I don't personally think so. Maybe if they had like a second seat. Well, I don't know if there's actually two seasons or not. I forget. I think there is two seasons and then an OVA. And if you want to say like how they get closer and closer that they end up being romantic, that's kind of on you. I like to think they just kind of end up growing together as companions. And that's kind of like, that's their relationship. They're not lovers. They're just close friends. And one of the reasons why I don't think it gets a lot of attraction as your reaction to Joshua just now, like Google searching it, it <laughs> a lot of people think it's going to be like this furry love story about Hollow uh, and Lawrence. But it's honestly far from that. There is a couple scenes where he gets frantic about possibly losing her. But I mean, anyone would with like a close friend when you kind of go through that. But she also helps him with some of her some of his sales and earning money. But honestly, if you watch it, it's more literally about the economy and learning about that. It's insane of how much like accuracy and like detail they put into it. And it even has like a mini stock market scene and everything like that. It's very intriguing. And if you can get past the freaking cover, it's a good <laughs> thing to watch. And again, it's kind of like before too. There's no really action sequency because Lawrence is not a fighter at all. Like there's a few times where he has to defend himself, especially when like the church is trying to get her because she's, a god deity so of course the church wants this religious figure and there's like a little conflict there but it's mostly of his financial stability like there's almost all the conflict deals with him having a bad trade and losing money and almost losing his entire fortune and then there's a scene where there's a chance to make big money but there's also a chance he could lose everything it's literally all about, like, the economy. But because of the cover and the first, like, episode, a lot of people think it's going to be some kind of, like, furry love story about these two characters. But it is far from it. It does seem interesting. It seems like one of the biggest um, attractions to it is the fact that it almost seems pretty realistic with the whole trading and bartering portion of it and then the relationship between them is just kind of a bonus added to it to add a little bit to the yeah, story the, literally the only fantasy aspect is hollow that she's a guardian guardian deity and i think they literally just added that as a sense to almost give him a companion to have a sense of purpose to go on this journey rather than him just going town to town to town to save up money for a story it kind of gives you mm -hmm. a little more like spice to it. And <laughs> they obviously had to add the church for a little more conflict. But if you watch it, if you have any like recollection or any not want to learn more, a little more historical animes, definitely try this one out. It's, it's more, it has some lighthearted moments obviously, but it's very intriguing to see how, like, the actual market and how a traveling merchant would make a living back in this time. Hmm. Interesting. My next choice would be Do Ra Ra Ra. And I know it, it 
kind of is a little popular. I know a few people have watched it, but nothing like absolutely out there. Nobody really talks about it all that much. Durara is an amazing urban fantasy anime that takes place in Ikebukuro, Tokyo, in the Ikebukuro district of Tokyo. And we follow the life of a high schooler named Mikata Ryugamane. And he moves to Ikebukuro to go to a new school and to meet up with an old friend. And shortly after he's moved there, he discovers that this city life is far from a dull experience. He discovers that they have a mythical headless rider, which is basically the headless horseman of the modern world, uh, who rides a a motorcycle rather than a horse. There's gangs that lurk in the shadows, um, the superhuman that can lift cars, and this mysterious guy who is an expert at manipulating those around him. With all of this mystery, Mikado finds himself right in the middle of it every single time. And while it seems pretty chaotic at first, it's an anime that's constantly grabbing your attention and pulling you in for more. And I really couldn't get enough of this show. Um... One thing I really loved about it is that, yeah, the main character is Mikado Ryugamne, but I really don't consider him to be a main character because every single person they introduce has their own spotlight in almost an equal manner. So the show handles each individual story so well. They give us a lot of information about each person each episode, but they give you enough to where you can actually handle it and not feel overwhelmed by what they give you. And it's it's laid out in such a way that you understand when certain things are happening concurrently, and we learn a lot about each person with the time given. They manage the time well, and they give you just enough information to leave mystery for the future and give you a little bit more in the future, but also just enough to make the story understand when everything comes together, and you're like, oh, that makes a shit ton of sense, and that's still fucking crazy. Another reason I really like these, like I just mentioned, I like that they don't have a single main character, but there are two that I really, well, three that I really enjoy that really make this show even more enjoyable, and that's Shizuo and Izaya. They have this weird relationship that is probably the best relationship of the show. Shizuo's this tall superhuman like blonde dude who can lift cars and Isaiah is this really short black haired dude who absolutely loves messing with Shizuo and Shizuo absolutely hates Isaiah like just looking at him infuriates him but they do it in such a fun way like you know Shizuo has the intent to kill this man but they they have the story going like wrapping around them revolving around them in such a way that it's just fun every time they're on screen and you know that an entire city block is about to be leveled because they are fucking psycho. But you can't help but love both of them, even though Isaiah is definitely a douchebag. Shinra is another character who is just this lovable nerd that I relate to, I feel like, because he's a smart little, I don't know, nerdy guy. And I just relate to him. He's fun to seems to be like he's fun to be around he's always happy and he just is a very affectionate guy and he's just a nice character but the best character and this is probably true for most people uh, i'll fight <laughs> you if you don't think so but uh Celtis sterlerson 
She is probably one of the best characters, hands down. She is a woman of few words, and she rides around the town on her motorcycle with a yellow cat helmet. She's an absolute badass who can fuck up anybody she wants to, but she's also an extremely kind person and loves helping people and just has the best intention in mind. And Taylor and I actually like this character so much that we named our cat after her, our black cat, because she always wears this black outfit. So it suits very well. And fun fact for any of you guys who watch the English dub version, her voice actor is the same as Shino from Sword Art Online or Gun Gale Online season, Sword Art Online season two, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. That's interesting. I did not know that. I mean, I probably didn't know that because she has like six lines of dialogue. Oh, I recognized her voice right away. Because she, I mean, because she doesn't really have a, a head. <laughs> So does she really talk? She talks every time it's her and the like nerd. It's always oh. like she types out everything to him, but it in, yeah like, the yeah I remember it. It dialogues it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I remember that now. And then as I mentioned, the show is very complex with all the subplots of each character. But that's what makes this show really great is the complexity. You're thrown through so many loops that you honestly don't know what to expect. Um, like when it comes to specific gangs who's control or like just specific games in general who's running those gangs um who's controlling people into killing around town which is a problem in one <laughs> of the seasons or who's been pulling strings from the very beginning like this whole show um will just twist it up the entire way as you're watching it so you might think something one way and then a couple episodes later it might be a completely different viewpoint but they do it in such a smooth transition that you're like, wow, I don't know how I didn't see that. Leaving a pause there just in case I have to delete this. I'm not sure what season it is, one or two. I d I'm trying not to spoil it too much because I want you guys to go watch it as well. But like as you mentioned, the twists and turns, the leader of the colorless gang, I was not expecting at all. Is that the what dollars. The dollar gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely did not expect that. I was just like, yeah, what I had the no fuck? idea until literally like two minutes before they re revealed his identity. And it's like, holy shit! Yeah, wait a I'm second. Just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I was thrown for a. I love there. this one too. I, it's one of the ones I've seen, and I'm surprised I didn't put it on mine because I. Because I tried to stay away from some action-y. I didn't want to choose all, like, action. Because I feel like action gets a lot of... Even, like, lower ones get some love more than, like, other genres. But mm -hmm. this one, I think, also kind of fell under the radar. Unless you're kind of, like, a hardcore fan. Then I feel like you... This has already been on your list. But I agree with this. This is kind of like that. I feel almost like a middle ground. Like, if you're deep into... The anime, like you've watched like a lot of anime, this one is definitely one you've seen. But if you're more of a casual person, you probably miss this one, and you should definitely check it out. It's very actiony with lightheartedness yeah. and like very lovable characters. Yeah, without some of the myth mystical stuff, it could almost be a slice of life. If you didn't have like the supernatural a shit, little, yeah, a little darker because it. Not well, not like darker, but because it's more about like gang related stuff and everything. 
Yeah, I suppose so. Not many people. Yeah, I think because it's more like that yeah. supernatural that it makes it more lighthearted, even though it's about gangs. So I think that mm-hmm. fits it well. Yeah, and I was gonna, I I wasn't gonna choose this one at first because it it kind of has some popularity to it. But like you said, if you're not really big into anime, you probably haven't seen this one. So I thought to include. Oh, it. good choice. Good choice. So my final suggestion for you for underrated would be Ben Tell. It's a anime, it's quote-unquote a ridiculous horror anime about brawling for bento boxes. Oh, I guess if I read your little thing here, <laughs> I would have known that it's about bento boxes. So why make such a big deal over bento boxes? They're half price, of course. Bento Brawls has rules, though, and if Yo Sato wants those bento boxes, he'll have to learn and abide by them. The frights are pretty much a melee free-for-all where chopsticks are thrown and tactics get sneaky. So if that doesn't intrigue you, I don't know what will. Because it is a more... It's not really a slapstick comedy by any means. It is actually very, like... They make this very intense. Like, there is even a training arc like in these few episodes because it's only a one season anime and there's literally like a two or three episode like training arc for this guy and i think it's a hilarious concept of how intense these fights over half price bento boxes it's something that i've really never seen in anime it's just like for me it's something unique that they took something ordinary and they're like all right bento boxes Let's make an anime around this. Because everyone's made, like, sports animes. Like, there's even a big one for, like, badminton. And there's, like, jokes that, like, Japanese can make any sport seem interesting. And now they made bento boxes even more interesting. So, I think it's funny. And then the fact that these store owners know what's going to happen. Like, some of them are even former bento box fighters. And they know what's going to happen. It's like this. There's like this whole secret society. It's almost like a fight club that goes around, and these people who know the rules and everything that goes on with them. And you know the store owners know it because they take their time slowly putting these stickers on, and then they'll wait like a second before they leave to like look back and then leave because no one's allowed to get those half-price bento ones until. He's put a sticker on all of them, and until he leaves. So, it's just it's just hilarious, like, how intense these fights actually happen. And then there's some camaraderie between characters. Like, after everyone's kind of been fighting, and people get their dish or box, whatever, like, you'll see them go, hey, nice fight, or... I lost this time. I'll get it. I'll get that one next time because everyone wants like a certain bento box, but sometimes they may not get it, so they get another one. And it's just a hilarious action anime that you really need to watch. It is very. It intrigues me so much that they made a whole concept about fighting over bento boxes. It sounds very interesting. It sounds absolutely absurd, but it sounds they very take interesting. it so seriously. Like I said, there's even a training arc in it and i'm just like they literally like if this was popular enough like the idea could span for longer than one season it's like this could have had it could have easily been a shonen i think it might be considered shonen i'm not 100 sure 
But it could easily have been like a shonen anime. But a few reasons why I think people stay away is immediately that harem tag. And to me, from what I remember, it's not really a harem, harem, however you want to pronounce it. Like, yeah, there are a couple girls that obviously take a liking to the main character. But as far as I know, it's pretty much been the main girl and the main guy. And it's like they develop a close like bond, so to speak. She's very cultural at first. And then she kind of becomes his master or whatever. And she's the one that teaches him about like the society of getting these bento boxes and then they have like a conflict but then they come back together and so i don't really know what that harem really is because it's just kind of like oh this girl's like oh she fancies him for like a little bit but it's nothing like major like other harem is so i think that just seeing that a lot of people are like nah i don't want to watch it because i know a lot of harem has bad like stigma around and kind of how I mentioned why I liked it, it's a little absurd how they literally fight over bento boxes. So that could be a reason why a lot of people don't watch it either because they're just like, why would I want to watch an anime about people trying to get bento boxes? And The same reason you'd watch an anime about otakus dating yeah. each other. Because <laughs> it's enjoyable. I feel like it, that's all, it's a, very, a lot of mine, especially like I said, with Spice and Wolf, with my first one, a lot of mine get judged by the cover or just by the name before anything. And that's why... I mean, to be fair, I was judging yours <laughs> based on the cover, so... And that's why a lot of people don't get it. Because if you look at Bento's like cover art, obviously it has the chicks first before like the main character. So obviously with the harm tag, everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to end up getting all the girls. Like, no, that's not really what it's about like yeah there's a couple girls that have crushes on them but it's like it's not really about the romance at all it's about the bento fighting and about how there's literally like an underground fight club for these bento boxes i think it's hilarious and it was really fun to watch but the reason why i like it is also i think a reason why a lot of people stay away from it because they're again they're thinking why am i going to watch an anime about people fighting over bento boxes I mean, I've had a bento box a couple times, and they are so good. I probably would fight over a bento Not box. Not just any honest. bento box. Have price <laughs> bento boxes. Oh, they're fighting off. That's the reason they're fighting? Because yeah. it's half off? It's like literally all these. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'd throw hands yeah, for half off like, bento. Yeah, it's like remember college days. Well, I guess you technically were still in college. Oh, no, you graduated. I'm not yeah, in college. What am I thinking? Um. But like college days, don't don't put that on me again. God, college days where that. you're broke, have no money for food, or can only afford like cup ramen. But then all of a sudden, like this luxurious meal that's normally like ten bucks is now five dollars. Think of it kind of like that, and that's why everyone's fighting over because it's not all of them. It's I think like. Three to five bento boxes that get half price. It's not all of them. So that's why everyone fights over them. Gotcha. I mean, it sounds enjoyable. It sounds entertainable or entertaining. If you're looking for an in-depth anime, this is not the one. If you're looking action, funny, 
lighthearted. This is definitely one to check out. But if you're looking for in-depth anime, let's look look no further. I got the anime for you. Darker than black. So so uh the next one I have chosen is Darker Than Black. I really like this one and it was popular when it first came out. But again, like some of these they just fell off the face of the earth. Like, you have some anime that people are still talking about, even though they're super fucking old. This is not one of them. So, Darker Than Black. It Basically, the premise is, in South America, there was this mysterious spatial anomaly that caused a massive gate to appear, and they called this Heaven's Gate. Shortly thereafter, though, another gate appeared in Tokyo called Hell's Gate. And after the formation of both gates, the stars disappeared and a new set of stars took their place. Along with these stars, a new type of human appeared or kind of was born because certain people were already born here at this point. And they awakened something within them. And they had these supernatural abilities and these people were called contractors. Now, each one has their own unique power and they have a price to... Sorry. <clears throat> They have a price to pay for that power. And that's why they're called contractors. Because it's basically they're paying a contract. And they don't get to choose these contracts. The existence of contractors are covered up by the world. But each country and has their own secret organization that uses contractors to assassinate, to spy, and just to lurk in the shadows to gain power and information. And we follow one of these groups and one of the group members and this group is called the syndicate and the person we're following is Lee or his code name is Hey. Now this show is basically the idea of quirks before my hero academia was cool. Um, except it was really dark rather than a superhero perspective. It has a slower build than some other anime, but that adds to the mystery because you're slowly getting pieces of information as you go through it. And there are a lot of questions right from the beginning, like what are contractors? Why did they appear? And why did the main why is the main character so unique compared to other contractors? Because he has the unique ability to not have a price for his contract. Which they didn't specify that in the beginning. They emphasized that so this is kind of a spoiler, but they emphasized that each contractor has a price. And they always show them paying the price afterwards, whether it be smoking cigarettes or I don't know. They have a bunch of unique ones. There's one guy that had ones. to like, lay they... stones and all on the line or something. Yeah. Yeah, he had to lay them out in formation. Someone had to eat de- uh, hard-boiled eggs. Just Some people had to force themselves to throw up. Very unique prices. Um, but then they never show the main character doing it. They never show Lee paying his price. So you were thinking, like, what is his price? What does he have to do? And then it reveals that he's priceless. So that adds to some mystery. Um, Yeah, so something I really liked about it is, one, the great story. Uh, Like, the main character himself, he is a very sociable person. Outside of his missions and stuff, he's a very happy guy, sociable, talking to people, helping him out. He's just a friendly young man who... It's just all around someone you'd want to hang hang out with. But once he's in his team, like in his group, and does his missions, he's this stone-cold killer that doesn't hesitate to kill someone. He's emotionless, 
he's this mystery. Like what he is inside his group is completely different from what he's outside. And then you slowly uncover his motives, his backstory and what he went through. And it just really adds to his motives and adds a lot of intensity to him. And then on top of that, we learn the dark intentions of the group he works for and other organizations. It's this very intense power struggle and learning what the end game is, is really intense. The characters are fantastic too. Like I mentioned, Hay is really cool. But then they have some other ones like Yin is a really cool one. Um, Mao is f- pretty fun. And they each have their own unique personalities and motives. And I never really get the feeling that a character has done something out of character. Because sometimes you'll have anime where you're just like, I don't really like the way they did that because it doesn't feel like that character. Um, And it's really easy to copy and paste because contractors are supposed to be these emotionless, rational people. They're not supposed to do anything irrational. They're not supposed to have emotions. So it's really hard to make them unique when they're this way. But you find that that's completely not true. They do have emotions. It's just dull. They hide it. They suppress it. And then you learn that through conversations and information that were given throughout the show. So you're able to see the small little things they do that really add to what contractors are, how they're not what we think they are, and giving them those this whole rounded character development. So yeah, contractors are probably the main thing about this show that makes it fun and entertaining. It's like I said, it's like quirks, except with quirks they don't really have a price to pay except for like overheating their body or getting too cold or just doing shit their quirk only their quirks can handle this one they have a price and every time you meet a new contractor you can't help but wonder one what ability they possess because they're all so unique and then after they use their ability you're like shit what are they gonna have to do because of the price of the ability they just used bless you boomy (laughs) it adds nice depth to each character and you find reason behind each contract, actually, or for most contracts. Like, for example, there's a contractor who, who hates cigarettes, hates secondhand smoke, just hates everything about it, but his price is he has to smoke cigarettes. Um, maybe that's why he hates cigarettes. I don't know. Um, someone has the ability to manipulate time, but every time she does it, she loses years off her life. Uh, like you said, there's someone who is very OCD about, like, he has to lay these stones out in a perfect order. And you just start to see a little bit here and there. There's somebody who has to force themselves to throw up. And she was a singer at one point, And her her um, contract has to do with singing. So it makes sense that she has to throw up because the acidity will ruin your throat and teeth and mouth and stuff. So it kind of is like a backhanded insult. like It's insulting to her because she has to destroy her throat because of the acidity. So they're all so diverse. And it makes you wonder... If you were in this position, what type of contract you would have and possess? So, I just think it always gets you thinking throughout the show just about everything. So that's why I like this show so much. It's not something that is so one-dimensional. It's very complex. It does get very intense, too. Yeah, it's a very intense show, especially when the conflict starts picking up towards the end and you don't know how things are going to play out. Like, there's this giant war and everything. It's a very cool. I also recommend it. 
this one. This one was very good. And if you're into like heavy action, this is definitely one of those underrated ones that you should go back and watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I noticed I picked a lot of actiony stuff. It's mainly because all the slice of lives I've watched are actually really popular. Besides, um, Otokoi. That kind of happens when you go into like a new but... genre. You typically start out with like the more popular ones. Mm-hmm. But going off of your yeah. darker than black, just out of a, a few kind of like honorable mentions, because with all the contracts and everything, it reminded me of a couple of anime that kind of go under the radar that are actiony as well. There's one called, it's, ha, give me one second, Ham, Hamatora, the animation, that's literally called, it's called Hamatora, the animation, and it's similar to how there's certain people with powers, this is also, there's a couple people with special powers, they're called minimums, or something like that, I forget the exact name for these power holders, and you follow the main character, Nice. That Yes, that's actually his name. There's a person named Art as well. And they're like a detective agency that kind of helps solve like all these like supernatural problems and everything. Kind of went under the radar, I feel. And it's another, a little more lighthearted than Darker Than Black. Because it has a lot of like bright colors in it. And it like a, a whole different kind of like color palette. But it has the same premise. It's a detective agency. has a lot of twists in the anime. But it has the same kind of how each person has a special power. So these people. And then along with that, there is a little older one called Kaze no Stigma. And it's about the guy who has the... He's called the contractor. And he has the power over the whole domain of wind power. And there's like, it's about wind, fire, earth, water. I think there's like the four main elements. Think of like Avatar, but in a different anime style. And that's kind of like how they know Stigma. There's a whole conspiracy going on because someone's killing members of his clan that he separated himself from. And now he's trying to uncover like who's doing this and whatnot. So some mystery behind it. It's a bit older, so the art style may not suit a lot of people. And then just one more, if you're into action-y, it is called Jormun, Jormun Gand. Your, yeah. Gander? Well, or it, it looks like Jormagand, but yeah, yeah it's, it's like Jormagand. Jormagand. And it's a pretty... Yeah. Oh. I've... S- I haven't seen it, but I've seen, like, the Yeah, it's pretty much about a weapons dealer. Like, she's not... She doesn't claim to be, like, a nice person. Um, But, yeah, she's a weapons dealer. She sells weapons. Like, she's a bad person. But you end up cheering for her because what she wants to do is rid the world of all weapons, even though she's a weapons dealer. It's very hypocritical, but it works for her. And it's like, you cheer on the bad guys. So... It's kind of a unique twist on it, like of wanting the bad guys, quote unquote, to win. So it's a another one I'd like to get a little bit out there. Yeah, I don't really have a whole list like you did, but um, one of the ones that I really enjoyed that was underrated is After Lost. I don't know if you've seen that one. I don't one. think I have. It's it's really short. I think it's like thirteen episodes. 
basically a spatial anomaly destroyed an entire part of the town. I forget what city it was set in. But, yeah, so everyone died there that was there. They disappeared, vanished without a trace. But there was only one person that survived, and she has these special abilities. And we kind of follow her around, and she's wanting to go to the spatial anomaly. So we have we follow this courier as well that takes her there. And as they get close, they start to reveal secrets. Um, there's people who are trying to stop them, and you realize that this is a huge like conspiracy behind this spatial anomaly and why it happened. So it's really cool to see it. it. Unfortunately, it was really short, so they couldn't... They wrapped it up really quick, and I believe it was based off just an anime that was... Based off a, a manga. Game. It's based off a it's game. It's based off a oh. Japanese mobile game series. Interesting. At least according to Wikipedia. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. Kind of wish there was more so they could go more in depth with everything in it, but yeah, very impressed with it. I really I enjoyed say it. Would download the game, but they probably only have it in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really it. I couldn't really think of a whole lot. Maybe Blue Exorcist. That is really popular. I feel that became more uh, mainstream now. But yeah, they. I don't think they got the the views they wanted to on the first season. That's why they had to wrap up the first season the way they did. Because then they had a second season, and you were you had to pretend like you didn't see anything past like episode eighteen. Um, because they they some they finalized the entire series and they did what they were set out to do, but then the next season totally erases that. So I feel like it was a little underrated just because they probably didn't get the viewership they wanted. But it is it is kind of mainstream now. A lot of people I don't know are starting to pick call that it up. Underrated, but it's kind of I feel like the same thing kind of happened with like Sao, with like Gun Gale Online and everything. I feel like it's that. I, I don't think that's underrated. I think no, I know. I meant. I think that's what happened with Blue Exorcist. <laughs> is I just think the second season didn't live up to the first season. Oh. So it's not that it didn't get its thing. I think people were like expecting something and didn't get what they wanted. Oh, no. I th- what I'm saying is they it didn't live up in the first season. Oh. So they they actually didn't originally intend for a second season because it didn't do well. Uh, I thought okay, I and then and and then it started to do well after the fact, I believe. So they went into I could be wrong on my stats, but I know they didn't intend a second season. So they wrapped up season one to have a finalized conclusion and everything, and then they decided, oh shit, we can do a second season. So then they did it like six years later yeah, or something. Yeah, okay, that. That makes more sense. I just thought like the second season just flopped. No, um, second season is actually really good. I enjoyed it. I think it was less episodes, probably because like burnout or something. They didn't want it to to burn out like the first season. I can see that. But but before yeah. we start to wrap things up, well, we are kind of starting to wrap things up. I do want to say again that this will be our season finale of our podcast. I know 
we don't like I would consider it season one just because why the hell not but we're going to take a holiday break and we will be resuming when was it December 28th yeah I meant to say this in the beginning of the episode but completely forgot but yeah we'll It'll be a four-week break. On the fifth week, we'll be releasing our next episode. We're not episode. stopping any, by any means, but we are giving ourselves a little break because the holidays are coming up. Everyone should be visiting with their family, with COVID, all this stuff going on. We kind of just want to take a little breather ourselves. So it's just a time. It, the timing yeah. just kind of felt right. <laughs> Yeah, especially with COVID going on and the holidays. Holidays are stressful in general just with running around and stuff. So we just wanted to lighten the load. But if you're listening to this during our break, make sure you catch up before we start season one or season two. And make sure you wear masks out there. You don't want a resurgence. <laughs> yeah, so we can actually all go out and play, even though we're all, we all know yes. if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy COVID right now because you get to stay inside, play games and watch all your anime as you want yeah but like guys i want to go back to a bar so let's let's chill for yeah, a little just bit for a little bit let, let <laughs> us have some fun you know we do need the outside world guys yes i want to i want to drink in public but i also just want to give a huge shout out to all our listeners out there it's honestly have been astounding of how many people we have gotten over the course of this season from Avatar The Last Airbender to all the way here now, all the different th topics we had. I hope you guys enjoyed us as well. We've been trying to improve better with each and every podcast. That's also another reason why we want to take a break. We want to end up putting a little more research into some more topics, some topics that are close and dear to us that we're very excited for to let you guys know and just put a little more effort into this podcast because we're getting so many people and I am so thankful for all the viewership we have been getting and I am super excited to come back and continue on sharing our experiences with our different animes and games and I really hope you guys stick around with us and enjoy and come with us yeah yeah and it's really cool to see like uh the numbers grow as we're going through this because we have obviously like our analytics and stuff that we're able to see where everyone's coming from and how many people per week per month we get so it's really cool seeing it grow and it's really cool to see how many people from outside the u.s are listening to us so that's really cool to see and i just also want to say thank you for your support and everything and I'm really excited to take this break, do a lot of research into some of the topics coming up, and then we'll come back to it full force and hopefully continue to grow. And during this break, if you want, you can reach out to us and give us some suggestions that we can re uh, that we can uh, look at and possibly do in our season two, as well as just kind of tell us what you like, dislike, some of the things we could possibly do less of or more of if you liked certain segments that we haven't done a whole lot of lately. So that would be really if you cool. Want, if you enjoy more of our opinion-based ones, let us know. And if you are listening to this while we're on break, as we mentioned earlier, still reach out to us. 
Just because we're not posting does not mean we're going to be away. We will still be on like our social media as much as however we have been. We will still like reply back to you guys. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're not saying we're like, we're be like, all right, we're done. We're not coming back to this for four weeks. No, we'll still be here and we'll still be researching, recording all this stuff. So if you want to reach out to us, please do. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, and maybe by the time we get back, Bobby will finish The Last of Us Part 2 so we can finally do an episode on that that I've been waiting for for weeks now. I don't know what you're talking about. Months, even. <laughs> Months, even. God, just finish the goddamn fucking game. Because you would have said something. The ending is not something you just ignore. <laughs> Thanks for all the support once again. Yeah. Back, anyway, back to it. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. And it's been fun. And during this break, we would greatly appreciate if you were able to go and give us a like and review on any of the services that you guys listen to us on, as well as share your favorite episodes with friends and family. A little goes a long way, and we'd be delighted if you were able to spread the joy of our podcast with others. And as always, I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we'll see you guys next time when we weave spawn.